If you're getting tired of life on this planet, then Thursday, travel with us to Mars. Be there, see it all live, as NASA attempts its biggest landing ever on the Red Planet. In search of ancient life, the intergalactic drama, the tension, the history as it happens live. Mission to Mars, streaming live Thursday afternoon on ABC News Live, starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It will be out of this world. Brought to you by Adobe Sign. Business moves with Adobe. Solvination. America, get ready for this. All the pain, all the joy. A show by black people for all people about the black experience in America. It's time to go there. And there will be music coming Tuesdays this March to ABC. Soul, Soul of a nation. Soul of a nation. Soul of a nation. We're ready for this. Spent 20 years behind bars for the murder of her millionaire husband. Now, for the first time since being released from prison, she tells her story. I did not kill Ron. But not everyone believes her. I'm 100% convinced Margaret was responsible. Five Weddings and a Murder, 2020, Friday at 9, 8 central on ABC. seen today as extreme weather conditions like freezing rain helped light up these power lines like a fuse as roughly four million households across the country go without power rolling blackouts expected in more than a dozen states the abnormally cold temperatures across the south has many dangerously taking to their vehicles to stay warm texas facing its coldest temperatures in decades and many residents could go for days without power being restored the wind chill in Dallas holding below zero for more than a day. Ice storm warnings for the east as most of the country is now on alert. Our Ginger Z has the forecast. Moving on, but not before making history. Tonight, how the House impeachment managers tried to sway 17 Republicans but fell short by 10. The immediate impact on those Republicans who did vote against Trump and what the former president's next move might be. Vaccine supply shortage as eligibility expands. States are now running low. California shutting down several mass vaccination sites. And as concerns grow about virus mutations from overseas, tonight scientists detect a number of new variants originating right here in the U.S. Plus, the silent crisis among our many frontline workers. People pushed to the brink, putting their lives on the line and their mental health under constant assault. We hear from some, while others may be too scared to speak out. We will continue to fight, um, but we're exhausted and we're tired and mentally, physically, emotionally just worn down. Time for taxes, and just like with pretty much everything else about 2020, it changed things. Where those stimulus checks come into play, and what you should know if you work from home or even out of state. Why our immigration policies might be shooting ourselves in the foot. With so much attention given to undocumented immigrants tonight, a closer look at the concerns of visa holders, why they're worried about their own families. You know, nothing, nothing has been done in that regard to address our concerns. That has been um, personally very disappointing. And tonight, why there's renewed hope.
Good evening, everyone. I'm Lindsay Davis. Thanks so much for streaming with us. There is significant concern tonight as a brutal, bitter Arctic blast is moving across the country. Millions are now without power. Temperatures in some places felt as low as a bone-chilling minus 50 degrees. And as that ice storm shifts east, 70% of the country is now blanketed in snow. That includes parts of Texas, which hadn't seen snow in years. America's fourth largest city, Houston, dealing with rolling blackouts tonight after recording its lowest temperature since 1989, 17 degrees. Residents there facing a dilemma. Drive on icy roads to get warm or try and weather out the coldest night in decades without power. The same system is to blame for whiteout conditions in Oklahoma as well as power outages there too. And making driving across much of the country extremely treacherous. This near miss in Toledo, Ohio. A reminder of the dangers of hitting the road tonight. The race to vaccinate also interrupted back in Houston. Officials rushed to inject patients after a freezer holding those critical doses lost power. Our Marcus Moore has been following it all and leads us off tonight. Tonight, this unprecedented winter storm is paralyzing the South with treacherous road conditions and life-threatening cold temperatures. Now the extreme cold straining the power grid. We're talking about millions and millions of people throughout Texas without uh, heat today. Power officials in Texas instituting those rolling blackouts and begging residents to conserve electricity. It's a huge demand. Uh, and then there are a number of generation plants that have been taken offline, like your wind turbines that are frozen over. The power is still out in this neighborhood. And look at the streetlights just behind me here. Off completely. It looks and feels like we're in Iowa. But this is Dallas, Texas. The temperatures have been in the teens throughout most of the day. And it won't get above freezing until later this week. Families back in Houston trying to cope. We were under like three blankets last night and still very cold. Bill Flanders using a heat blanket to try to thaw his frozen pipes. I thought I'd drain the pipes in the attic overnight so they wouldn't freeze, but uh, came out this morning and uh, the supply line froze. The strain on the power grid now affecting the entire region. Power officials now asking at least 14 more states on the same grid to start controlled rolling blackouts, something that has never happened before. The system now bringing snow to the frozen Midwest. Alex Perez in Chicago. This is stubborn Arctic air just will not loosen its grip on the Midwest. Uh, some people are dealing with temperatures that feel like anywhere from 30 to 50 below zero. Take a look behind me here. That field of snow, it's actually a frozen Lake Michigan blanketed with snow. The roads treacherous across the region over the last 24 hours. In Schulenburg, Texas, a man by an SUV barely escaping being hit by a second car flying down an embankment. This pickup truck backing out of a driveway in Nashville, skating sideways on a sheet of ice. And this Nashville couple surveillance camera capturing the moment they tumbled down icy stairs. And back in Texas, an unbelievable sight. The beach in Galveston blanketed in white, snow melting into the Gulf of Mexico. Such unfamiliar sights for that part of the country. Marcus Moore joins us now. Marcus, I overheard you saying that when you left Kansas City, you thought you were leaving all that kind of weather behind, but now you are in the Lone Star State where weather, winter weather certainly doesn't normally feel like this. Give us a sense of with all these power outages, how that's been affecting the vaccine distribution effort. 
Well, Lindsay, it's had a huge impact on that effort. Vaccination and also testing sites have been forced to shut down because of this weather. And then in Harris County, which is in the Houston area, several hours south of where we are right now, they had to scramble to give out more than 5,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine after a storage facility there lost power. And then the backup generator failed. They feared that they would, uh, those, they would lose those doses because they would spoil. And so they had to get to large groups of people very fast. They went to a couple of hospitals, a university, and even the county jail, Lindsay, to get those doses administered. Make sure they did not go to waste. Marcus Moore, our thanks to you. So let's get right over to our chief meteorologist, Ginger Z, who is tracking it all for us. And Ginger, everywhere you look, it seems that there's something going on. What can people expect as this week moves forward? Lindsay, it's really an unbelievable map, not something that we see with weather alerts all over. But I have to say right now, we've just gotten into this mist or this light drizzle. And on most days, you'd say, oh, that's not a big deal. Well, it is when you have sub-freezing temperatures at the ground. That's how we've seen this ice form anywhere from Tennessee and Arkansas all the way up here. And that's where it's moving. We also go to the map and still tonight have tornado watches as far east as Jacksonville. We've already seen tornadoes. We've already seen injuries and damage. So real if I time it out for you, you'll see how Pennsylvania gets covered in pink. That pink is mostly the freezing rain threat. So if you're in Scranton, say, Monticello, New York, all the way over to Worcester, Massachusetts, you could end up seeing some of that icing. Some spots could end up with a quarter inch. That could end up with power problems. Snow on the northern side of that. And there's the map I was talking about from the Cascades down through the Rockies into the southwest. And yes, Dallas seeing another winter storm warning. I say another because that's a new one. You're barely going to get a breath and then you get hit again. This is for Wednesday morning. Oklahoma, remember they had a half a foot of snow, all those accidents. Arkansas, going to get hit. Dallas, that ice, that should do a number on everything that's already failing, including the power grid. So we'll be watching that through the midweek. And then I had to note because if you see how far south this cold air reaches, it's so significant because it makes it to the water, to the Gulf of Mexico. We were seeing images earlier of sea smoke on the Gulf of Mexico uh, because of just how different the air temperature and the water temperature are. Tomorrow, Lindsay, Mardi Gras could end up being the coldest Mardi Gras on record, only beating the one that was set back in 1899 when they had to plow streets for New Orleans and getting that parade going. So pretty incredible maps all around. Brutal temperatures for everyone. All right, Ginger, our thanks to you. Now to the fallout after the impeachment trial of former President Trump acquitted for a second time this weekend, but this time a record number of senators from his own party voted against him. Republican leader Mitch McConnell was among those who voted to acquit, but afterward then said that there is no question that Trump is guilty. So what comes next in Washington and for former President Trump? Here's ABC's congressional correspondent Rachel Scott. On this President's Day, Donald Trump supporters gathering in Florida a former president, fresh off his second acquittal. Trump advisor Dan Scavino posting this video. The crowd erupting in cheers the moment his motorcade passes by. Trump spotted giving two thumbs up just days after being acquitted. Still, Democrats point out it was the most bipartisan presidential impeachment verdict in American history. Seven Republican senators breaking ranks, voting to convict a president from their own party. Mr. Cassidy. Mr. Cassidy.
Cassidy guilty. And tonight, the backlash only growing. Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy slapped with censure by his state GOP party, still standing by his decision. I'm attempting to hold President Trump accountable. Just minutes before the final vote, Cassidy slipped a note to Senator Richard Burr, who leaned back and nodded in agreement. When the time came, he also voted guilty. Mr. Burr. Mr. Burr, guilty. Members of the North Carolina Republican Party are holding an emergency meeting tonight, weighing his censure too. And in Utah, some state Republicans are deciding whether to censure Senator Mitt Romney, accusing him of being part of the deep state. But only one of those seven Republicans is up for re-election in 2022. Lisa Murkowski issuing a blistering statement, saying President Trump allowing violence to go on for hours without any clear directive or demand man for peace. His intentional silence cost Americans their lives. And Democrats agreed, making a last minute push to add evidence into the record. This is uh, an additional critical piece of corroborating evidence. Details of a heated phone call between House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy and Trump as the riot was unfolding. All of it according to Congresswoman Jamie Herrera Butler. McCarthy pleading with Trump to tell his supporters to stand down. The former president telling McCarthy, well, I guess these people are just more angry about the election and upset than you are. But as Trump moves forward, he will be doing it without the support of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Though he voted to acquit, he had this warning. President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he was in office. Didn't get away with anything yet. Yeah. A lot of people really putting a lot of weight on just what he meant by yet. Rachel Scott joins us now once again from the Capitol. Rachel, we heard Senate Minority Leader there, McConnell, uh, alluding to the legal jeopardy that the former president could face, including in that investigation in Georgia. Yeah, and this criminal investigation is now looking into phone calls that former President Donald Trump had with election officials in the state. You remember that recorded call where he asked the Republican Secretary of State to find nearly 12,000 votes, the exact number that he would need to help him overturn the results in the state. So bottom line here, Donald Trump may be relieved to be acquitted in the Senate, but his legal troubles, Lindsay, are far from over. And Speaker Pelosi also said today that she's planning on having uh, an outside commission set up to investigate the Capitol attacks. What's the desired outcome there? Yeah, and this is going to be based off of that 9-11 commission that looked into the September 11th attacks. And so now House Speaker Nancy Pelosi really emphasizing security here. She says that we need to investigate exactly what happened here on January 6th to, to prevent it from ever happening again. This is at a time where you still have National Guard outside of the United States Capitol defending it against threats, Lindsay. Rachel Scott, our thanks to you. Despite the president getting acquitted, the House impeachment managers will have this footnote in history. They helped make the case in the most bipartisan impeachment in the country's history. Committees and subcommittees you're on, whatever you came to Washington to do, to work on, from defense to agriculture to energy to aerospace to healthcare, this is almost certainly how you will be remembered by history. That might not be fair. It really might not be fair, but none of us can escape the demands of history and destiny right now. Our reputations and our legacy will be inextricably intertwined with what we do here and with how you exercise your oath to do impartial justice. 
None of us can escape the demands of history. The closing argument from the Democrats this weekend. Joining us now is House Impeachment Manager, California Congressman Eric Smallwell. Congressman, thank you so much for your time tonight. You've now had 48 hours to digest the final vote, clearly not the result that you would have hoped for. How do you think that history will view this impeachment? And how disappointed were you that there were no witnesses in this trial? History will view that it had to be done for accountability, for setting standards of conduct, and also to tell the story of the worst constitutional crime that any president hopefully ever will have committed uh, against uh, the country. And so uh, we told that story. Uh, we won a vote with 57 bipartisan uh, senators, the biggest bipartisan vote ever. And in the court of public opinion, an ABC News poll today said that nearly 60% of Americans believe that Donald Trump should never hold office again. How disappointed were you that witnesses weren't included? Well, we had such overwhelming evidence that we did not consider calling witnesses until uh, the very end when new evidence came out uh, that there was more texture to the phone call between Donald Trump and Kevin McCarthy that uh, proved more that Donald Trump knew about the danger at the Capitol and that he would go on to incite his supporters further by further attacking Mike Pence. We got that evidence in. But when you look at people like Mitch McConnell, who said before the vote on witnesses that he found the whole proceeding unconstitutional, we could have had a signed confession from the president. It wasn't going to change their minds. And so we feel very good about the case uh, that we made. And many Republicans, as you know, have said that they think that the appropriate venue for the former president to face accountability would be in the judicial system. The merits of that argument aside, do the optics of a Biden Justice Department charging a former president concern you at all? There obviously would be no precedent for that. What concerns me is if anything was done in retaliation or for partisan reasons, but I don't have any reason to believe that uh, Joe Biden would allow that. And I don't think he would even consider it the Biden Justice Department. I think he would consider it the United States Department of Justice, uh, one that's independent and free from outside influence. And if Donald Trump broke the law, whether it was on January 6th or any of the other acts that he took as president, he should be held accountable. I, I don't think we can sweep this corrupt presidency under the rug. And I, I do think that part of our healing uh, is holding to account uh, those that think that they are above the rule of law. We heard the news late today that Speaker Pelosi plans to establish a 9-11 type commission on the events of January 6th. What would the ideal outcome of such a commission be? Uh, first, just like September 11, that uh, something like this would never happen again. Uh, thank God, and that sound is me knocking on wood that we've not had a terrorist attack since September 11 of, of that magnitude. And that's because of the work that they did in a bipartisan way to make us safer in the skies and freer from terrorism. Here, we have to make sure that never again could you know, domestic terrorism groups attack our institutions uh, of government. And that's going to mean you know, scrubbing out uh, and stripping down to the studs any white nationalist groups uh, in our country, understanding how they train, how they prepare, uh, how they you know, plan to attack, and then also understanding how they could be so uh, radicalized. And there's a lot of work ahead. I think it has to be outside of Congress. It has to be bipartisan and most importantly, independent. In, in this bitterly divided environment, I'm curious to know, were you more impressed or shocked that the number was seven Republicans that voted to impeach? Uh, both. Uh, and when, you know, Burr alphabetically uh, came first and, and I was shocked and I thought, well, we're probably not going to get 17, but we'll probably get more than we expected. 
And, and that's important because many of those senators, if they followed the same uh, you know, ill-conceived logic that others were taking, which was to take a politically convenient vote, they could have walked away from voting guilty. Uh, senators Burr and Cassidy and Sass uh, and, and you know many others, and they didn't. They recognized, as you played in your intro, uh, that history will be watching and that the evidence was so overwhelming that there was really only one verdict that would have been just. How many were you expecting? The original five? Uh, we, we thought that that was probably the floor and the ceiling wouldn't be much higher, especially once Mitch McConnell said he found the whole concept unconstitutional. Uh, but those senators, I, I do believe, will be judged uh, you know, kindly for doing the right thing. And I, I hope that is uh, the beginning of more people uh, when called in Washington on various issues uh, to be inspired by their courage. And lastly, you talked rather emotionally about a text that no one should ever have to send to their loved ones. You texted your wife on January 6th, I love you and the babies, please hug them for me. This was certainly a traumatic event each one of you went through on January 6th. The simple act of going to work has now been altered for you and, and so many others. How can Congress move past this? We have to unite as we did after September 11. I was a Capitol Hill intern after September 11, and I was moved by the unity uh, in taking on you know, a common purpose of defeating terrorism and, and making us safer. I hope we see the same opportunity here uh, in the country. And we also have an enemy in this virus where we can unite to defeat it and open up our schools and our marketplaces. When I ran through those halls to get away from the danger, I was running with Republicans who had gone to that rally. I was running with Democrats know who I've known for many years, but we were all uh, running away from danger and we all uh, didn't like the feeling that we were fleeing, you know, that symbol of democracy. And so I hope that in some way can unite us uh, to come together as a country and take on our greatest challenges. Congressman Swalwell, we thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Now to the latest on the mad dash to vaccinate as many Americans as possible. While we seem to be turning a corner as COVID cases continue to drop, scientists are also keeping a close eye on the variants and on children. ABC's Eva Pilgrim brings us this report. Tonight, the South African COVID variant spreading in the U.S. One case now confirmed in a patient from Connecticut now hospitalized in New York City. We have no evidence of any spread in New York State to date. The more contagious South African variant appears to chip away at the effectiveness of the vaccines. It's now identified in eight states. Dr. Anthony Fauci warning there have also been cases of reinfection with that South African strain. In South Africa, there were people who got infected with the original virus, recovered, and then got reinfected with this new variant, the South African variant, which tells us that prior infection does not protect you against reinfection, at least with this particular variant. Across the country, COVID cases are down by 62% in the last month, but variants threaten to reverse that trend. British scientists say the UK variant, now in 41 states, is likely more deadly. And researchers are now tracking seven new strains originating here in the U.S. to see if they're more contagious. We are nowhere out of the woods. If we relax these mitigation strategies with increasing transmissible variants out there, we could be in a much more difficult spot.
And now a surge in demand for the vaccine across the country. States widening eligibility. In New York, 3 million more people with underlying health conditions are now eligible. But the challenge is getting an appointment. 26-year-old Kenesha McFadden has a heart and autoimmune condition. I woke up every hour on the hour refreshing any website that I could find. It was very anxiety-inducing. I was exhausted by the time I uh, was had actually booked my appointment. It comes as New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo is addressing his handling of the numbers of coronavirus deaths in nursing homes after his office conceded that it delayed turning them over to state lawmakers. The void we created allowed disinformation and that created more anxieties for the families of loved ones. Families have wondered whether their loved ones could have been saved. Today, Cuomo defending his record. The truth is everybody did everything they could. Tonight, renewed concern for young patients. Some hospitals reporting an increase in cases of that rare multi-inflammatory syndrome in children, Miss C. In Indiana, the parents of five-year-old Janiah Johnson say it happened so fast when she got sick with COVID, vomiting with a fever, her kidneys and liver then failing. The doctor told us maybe if we would have waited one more day, she possibly... They possibly couldn't have done anything yeah. for her. Doctors successfully treated Janiah with medication. Tell her you feel better. I feel better. Certainly glad to hear that she is feeling better. Eva Pilgrim joins us now from a pharmacy that's giving out some vaccines. Eva, given the progress that we're making, do doctors think that Americans can be a little more relaxed with masking and social distancing or still not yet? Lindsay, they're saying not yet. Experts are actually urging people to continue masking, double mask when possible, social distance, wash your hands. All of those things are more important now than ever because of these variants. And they're reminding people, even if you've gotten the vaccine, you still need to practice these measures. Lindsay? Eva Pilgrim, our thanks to you. And when we come back, the missiles raining down on American military members in Iraq and now word of at least one death. Meghan and Harry and Archie and now the first potential heir to the throne who could also potentially run for president of this country. But up next, few have endured the trauma of this pandemic like frontline health care workers. But where do they turn if they need help with their mental health and why some are scared of the consequences of seeking it? Stay with us. With so much at stake, so much on the line, more Americans turn here than any other newscast. ABC News, World News Tonight with David Muir. We have made it through another week together. America's number one most watched newscast across all of television. Admit it, these days, what you need to know seems to change just about every day. What is it that you really want to know, need to know? To help you not just get through your day, but to make the most of it. Feel smarter. Feel better. Feel happier. Well, how about a third hour of Good Morning America in the afternoon? GMA 3, what you need to know. Lunchtime at 1 Eastern, 12 Central and Pacific on ABC. It's all about you. 
Robin Roberts, George Stephanopoulos, Michael Strahan. Wake up with America's number one most watched morning show, ABC's Good Morning America. The world may feel out of your control, but your happiness doesn't have to be. Learn the secrets to happiness. Listen to the 10% Happier podcast, free on Apple Podcasts. ABC News, honored, winner for the second straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for Overall Excellence in Television. ABC News, America's number one news source. Friday nights, 9, 8 central, true crime, cinematic, real-life drama, stunning, the unthinkable, follow the clues, the hunt, true crime, 2020, Friday nights, 9, 8 central on ABC. Reality is our country can collapse from within. You see the white power movement on the march. Klansmen and neo-Nazis, skinheads, it's meant to incite war. From the KKK to Oklahoma City to Charlottesville, the new documentary event special. We just need to start talking about race. Homegrown hate, the war among us. This is a real wake-up call. Streaming now on ABC News Live. Now, when it matters most, the straightforward facts. ABC News is America's number one news. Number one in the morning. Number one in the evening. With America's most watched newscast. Number one in late night versus the competition. The number one news magazine on Friday nights. Number one in politics across this historic election versus the competition. The number one daytime talk show. And number one in streaming news. ABC News is America's number one news. Welcome back. Throughout this pandemic, healthcare workers have rightfully been lauded as heroes on the front lines who not only save lives, but at times are the last face that many of the victims of COVID see before taking their final breath. As healthcare workers are taking care of us day in and day out, who is taking care of them and what kind of mental health toll are they facing? Our Ariel Reshef looked into the possible risks that healthcare professionals could face if they choose to seek help for mental health. After a year of catastrophe, dawn seems to be slowly breaking in the COVID-19 pandemic. Cases of the disease and hospitalizations are on the decline across the country. Vaccines are providing much needed hope. But for those healthcare workers on the front lines, a silent crisis is making its way out of the shadows. Medical professionals coping with trauma, facing a mental health emergency. We will continue to fight, um, but we're exhausted and we're tired and mentally, physically, emotionally just worn down. It's hard for us healthcare workers. I've seen more death these past few months than I have seen in years, and it's it's not normal, and it takes a lot. It's, it takes a toll on someone's mental health. The pandemic has had a terrific strain on nurses. Doctors and nurses overwhelmed, overworked. The president of the American Medical Association telling ABC News in a statement, acute stress among physicians, which was already significant before the pandemic, has increased dramatically for physicians during the last several months as the pandemic has brought new challenges and exceptional demands. In April of 2020, Dr. Lorna Breen, the medical director of the emergency department at New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital, died by suicide. Her family saying the weight of the unrelenting pandemic crushed a seemingly indomitable spirit. Tell us a little bit about your sister, who she was, the kind of physician that she was. 
My sister Lorna was just a rock star. She was super smart, uh, super driven. She was an emergency physician in Manhattan. She was very active, snowboarder, tons of friends in New York, um, just kind of living her dream. And your sister, your sister-in-law, never exhibited any signs of mental health distress in the past? Never, not once. That's what makes this entire experience so absolutely outrageous and unbelievable. It was only after she contracted COVID uh, did we see any impact on her cognitive abilities. What do you think was the tipping point for her? You take away the sleep, you take away the rest, you compound it with a deluge of people, many of whom are dying. And again, at that time, nobody knew what to do with this virus. This was the very beginning. It was a perfect storm. Her family says Dr. Breen's case underscores an urgent need for a mental health reckoning in hospitals across the country. And the numbers were already staggering prior to the pandemic. An estimated three to four hundred physicians died by suicide annually. That's one physician per day. At this time, experts say there is still not enough data to assess the psychological toll COVID has had on physicians in the past year. How are we going to be able to take care of the many people that would eventually need us? Dr. Mona Masood, an outpatient psychiatrist in Philadelphia, is working to change that, creating the physician support line. Hi, you've reached the physician support line. How can I help you? Physician support line is a free confidential service created in March 2020 to support physicians during the pandemic. To date, a team of 700 volunteer psychiatrists have already provided care to over 2,000 physicians and medical students. Kentucky-based physician Genevieve Jacobs says just one call gave her the support she needed. It was nice to have someone to talk to that was outside of my place of work because then it's not something that's going to be brought up or you don't think that person's thinking about it when you're having lunch with them the next day or whatever. Dr. Masood says it's essential the service remain confidential, a counterweight to what she says is a pervasive mental health stigma in the professional medical community. There is an inherent reluctance amongst physicians to A, admit that they're, you know, struggling, um, B, to seek help for that struggle. Dr. Masood says anonymity also protects physicians from potential professional repercussions. I knew that if anyone was going to be using the physician support line or utilizing this resource, it had to be made clear that this was not going to be reported to any systemic entity. In some cases, doctors and nurses are faced with disclosure requirements about mental health in important job and state licensing applications. While only licensure questions about current impairment are appropriate under the ADA, doctors we spoke to said the nature of some questions still continues to deter medical staff from seeking help. According to a 2019 study, over half of nurse pre-licensing forms complied with ADA rules surrounding mental health questions. However, roughly 40% of nurse licensing questions still probed far beyond the scope of current impairment. And according to the Journal of American Academy of Psychiatry and the Law, in 2018, only 18 states had physician licensing applications that were ADA compliant. That same year, the Federation of State Medical Boards released recommendations to reduce stigmatizing questions on licensing applications and promote mental well-being of physicians. 39 medical boards across the U.S. have updated that language so far. 
Dr. Kim Templeton is on the board of the Kansas Board of Healing Arts and worked to update the language in her state to meet those standards. Physicians can't help others until they help themselves. She's now launched the Humans Before Heroes initiative along with the American Medical Women's Association to help other states do the same. What we're trying to do is encourage them and that means removing the hurdles to seek care. While New York is one of the few states that doesn't ask mental health questions on its licensing forms, Dr. Breen's family says the culture within the medical community regarding mental health was crippling. She was worried about her license. She was worried about the respect of her peers. It was an unsurvivable scenario. In a statement, New York Presbyterian Hospital tells ABC News, we continue to mourn the passing of Dr. Lorna Breen. Dr. Breen was a heroic, remarkable skilled, compassionate, and dedicated clinical leader who cared deeply for her patients and colleagues. New York Presbyterian and Columbia began offering robust mental health services, including an urgent counseling service to all of our frontline staff in late March 2020. It is essential that our colleagues on the front lines continue to have access to emotional support and practical strategies to enhance coping. Dr. Breen's sister and brother-in-law are now working to break down stigmas and other barriers to mental health care at the national level, partnering with members of Congress to introduce the Dr. Lorna Breen Health Care Provider Protection Act, an effort to pursue lasting change. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of Dr. Breen's death. How are you holding up and what are you thinking about as you mark this milestone? What I'd like to say is that we've honored my sister and that we've let people know how devastating this has been for um, so many people who have been devastated. But I, I view this as a, an error. This was a mistake that could have been avoided. And I would like to say in my sister's honor that we are helping other people avoid it. Ariel Reshef, ABC News, New York. Our thanks to Arielle for bringing that to us. If you're struggling with thoughts of suicide or worried about a friend or loved one, help is available. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text TALK to 741741 for free confidential emotional support 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Still ahead here on Crime as we continue to look at the impacts of this pandemic, our look at the healthcare workers who have risked their lives but are concerned about their immigration status we reconnect with one physician tax filing season has officially begun but it's so complicated this year fortunately our rebecca jarvis has a few tips and impeachment is over but now word of a commission looking into january 6th we take a look by the numbers but first our tweet of the day a former labor secretary proposing a federal holiday swap many online responding let's have both or making their own holiday suggestions I know what happened, and I'm not guilty. Why the fascination with criminal trials? Figure out what's really out there. She revealed she had murdered his family. I know in my heart they did this. It's the time of suspicion. The ending's really tough. You don't know whether truth is going to be difficult to find. Unless you try to find it. is our country can collapse from within. You see the white power movement on the march. You will not replace us! 
Klansmen and neo-Nazis, skinheads, it's meant to incite war. From the KKK to Oklahoma City to Charlottesville, the new documentary event special. We just need to start talking about race. Homegrown hate, the war among us. This is a real wake-up call. Streaming now on ABC News Live. Admit it. These days, what you need to know seems to change just about every day. What is it that you really want to know, need to know? To help you not just get through your day, but to make the most of it. Feel smarter. Feel better. Feel happier. Well, how about a third hour of Good Morning America in the afternoon? GMA 3, what you need to know. Lunchtime at 1 Eastern, 12 Central and Pacific on ABC. It's all about you. Assault on the Capitol, the ABC News original, exclusively on Hulu, now streaming. With so much at stake, so much on the line, more Americans turn here than any other newscast. ABC News, World News Tonight with David Muir. We have made it through another week together. America's number one most watched newscast across all of television. The world may feel out of your control, but your happiness doesn't have to be. Learn the secrets to happiness. Listen to the 10% Happier podcast, free on Apple Podcasts. Robin Roberts, George Stephanopoulos, Michael Strahan. Wake up with America's number one most watched morning show. ABC's Good Morning America. ABC News honored. Winner for the second straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for overall excellence in television. ABC News, America's number one news source. Welcome back, everyone, to the Senate acquittal of former President Trump this weekend. Certainly came with a bit of last-minute drama over whether to include the interview of witnesses before an agreement was struck to proceed without any witnesses before the final vote. So what's been the history of witnesses as part of impeachment trials? We take a look by the numbers. Forty-one witnesses testified in open session in the 1868 Senate impeachment trial of Andrew Johnson. But Johnson was acquitted after closed deliberations and a vote on only three of the 11 articles of impeachment that he faced, one vote shy of the needed two-thirds majority to oust him from office. Just three witnesses testified in the 1999 Senate impeachment trial of Bill Clinton, but the sworn testimony did very little to change the outcome of the trial, with Clinton acquitted on both articles that he faced. And zero witnesses testified in the two Senate impeachment trials that Donald Trump faced in the past year, with Democratic House managers unable to get the Senate to agree to testimony. But witnesses related to the Capitol attack may still still end up testifying in the form of a 9-11 style commission after Speaker Pelosi announced today that the House will work to establish an outside independent investigation and report on the facts and causes of the January 6th attack. The bipartisan 10-member 9-11 commission conducted 12 public hearings with dozens of witnesses interviewed between 2003 and 2004 to investigate the causes and responses to the 2001 attacks. The commission staff also conducted more than 1,200 fact-finding interviews released to the public in July of 2004. The commission's final report spanned 585 pages, with the book form of the report immediately becoming a bestseller. Still lots to get to here on Prime tonight. The bottleneck of ships off the coast of California and what's being blamed for it. And news tonight on the death of a former NFL star wide receiver. He was just 38 years old. The first to look at our top trending stories on abcnews.com.
guide you through it all tonight. We have made it through another week together. Big hug, Richard. We taught all our patients how much they love to hold their hands. David, we're showing our love and support for all the ICU staff. They're the heroes in this. When it matters most, the straightforward facts. ABC News is America's number one news. Number one in the morning. Number one in the evening. With America's most watched newscast. Number one in late night versus the competition. The number one news magazine on Friday nights. Number one in politics across this historic election versus the competition. The number one daytime talk show. And number one in streaming news. ABC News is America's number one news. The world may feel out of your control, but your happiness doesn't have to be. Learn the secrets to happiness. Listen to the 10% Happier podcast, free on Apple Podcasts. ABC News, honored. Winner for the second straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for overall excellence in television. ABC News, America's number one news source. This is GMA3, what you need to know. GMA3. A third hour of Good Morning America in the afternoon. It's all about you. Lunchtime on ABC. The reality is our country can collapse from within. You see the white power movement on the march. Klansmen and neo-Nazis, skinheads, it's meant to incite war. From the KKK to Oklahoma City to Charlottesville, the new documentary event special. We just need to start talking about race. Homegrown hate, the war among us. This is a real wake-up call. Streaming now on ABC News Live. Friday nights, 9, 8 central. True crime, cinematic, real-life drama, stunning, the unthinkable. Follow the clues, the hunt, true crime, 2020. Friday nights, 9, 8 central on ABC. The most powerful stories of our time, anytime. Nightline. Two winter storm systems causing winter woes in several states. Texas, one of them, with icing and very cold temperatures in spots. More than 2.8 million without power in the state. More than a million of them in the Houston area alone. Governor Greg Abbott issuing a disaster declaration across the state. Some areas seeing nearly a foot of snow. Drone footage shows snow blanketing the highways in Houston. People trying to navigate the dangerous conditions with power out in many areas. All the lights are out over here. In El Paso. Yeah, that was a really bad accident, man. Multiple cars and trucks mangled in the median of this highway. I do not encourage people, for example, to try to leave their homes. Uh, the roadways and the streets are still very much treacherous. So this man decided to ice skate on the roads instead. In South Texas, snow is a rare sight. In the resort town of Galveston, palm trees are covered with it. And in the Midwest, drone footage shows Lake Michigan and Chicago frozen over. Similar scenes in dozens of states, including Louisiana. I wasn't prepared at all. It's like unbelievable. 
U.S. service members coming under missile fire in the Iraqi city of Erbil. Three missiles reportedly fell close to the international airport. A U.S. military official confirms one of those missiles injured a U.S. service member, four civilian contractors, and killed one civilian contractor. The strike shattering plate glass windows at a car dealership nearby. No word yet on who is responsible. Former football star has been found dead inside a hotel room in Florida. Police say 38-year-old Vincent Jackson checked into the hotel back in January. Apparently did not tell any family members who filed a missing persons report last week. On Friday, investigators located Jackson in the hotel, spoke to him, and canceled the missing persons alert. But then this morning, a housekeeper found Jackson's body in the room. We're told there were no signs of trauma. Jackson played for the San Diego Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was selected three times to the Pro Bowl. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle say they are overjoyed to be expecting a second child. This will be Queen Elizabeth's 10th great-grandchild. A spokesperson for Buckingham Palace telling ABC News the royal family, including Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, and Prince William, are delighted and wishes them well. Following the news, it's been announced Oprah Winfrey will interview the couple in an upcoming network special airing early next month. If born in the U.S., Harry and Meghan's baby will be the first senior royal baby born in the States. Harry and Meghan really want to raise their children with influences from both cultures. And despite growing up in America when he or she is born, that's exactly what they'll do. Harry and Meghan's reveal comes just months after the Duchess revealed they suffered a miscarriage over the summer, calling the grief she felt almost unbearable. Harry and Meghan's second child will be eighth in line to the British throne. The most popular laugh emoji apparently isn't funny anymore. According to the cool kids on TikTok, Generation Z has reportedly dubbed the laughing and the laughing while crying symbols as old and tired because older people like their parents are overusing them. Their preferred replacement, the skull emoji, as if to say, I'm dying laughing. The classics are also acceptable, LOL and LMAO. Speaking of dead, this is the same generation declared wearing skinny jeans and side parts deceased. Welcome back. This is a different kind of traffic jam in Southern California. Take a look at this bottleneck of ships. This image was released to us by the Coast Guard. Apparently this problem has been getting worse since November. Some ships waiting eight days to unload. Union officials say part of the problem is hundreds of dock workers have been infected with COVID. Now to tax season with the filing process officially open for your 2020 taxes. And there are many changes after all the upheaval that we saw caused by the pandemic. So let's bring in our chief business and economics correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis, to break it all down for us. So Rebecca, let's start out with those stimulus checks sent to millions of Americans last year. What do we need to know about how those will impact 2020 taxes? Uh, Lindsay, good to see you. And the good news here is that those stimulus checks are not taxable income at the federal level. So you don't have to pay taxes on the check that you got last year. These were sent out throughout the year to people making $75,000 or less and households, uh, married couples making $150,000 or less. And there were two rounds of payments, up to $1,200 on the first round and up to $600 on the second round. Here's what's interesting. About 12 million people who were eligible for those stimulus checks, Lindsay, did not 
not receive them. And the good news is your 2020 taxes are a place where you can claim that benefit and then receive it in turn through what's known as the recovery rebate credit. So if you didn't receive your stimulus check, either the $1,200 check or the up to $600 check, you are eligible for that and you can file for it on your taxes. And there's also a big change uh, with regard to taxes for families that have children. Explain how that works. Yes, yeah, so the earned income tax credit as well as the child care tax credit, these are two big ones that really help families who are in need. And the big change that happened in this last year is that because so many were in need, the federal government is now allowing you to look at either your 2019 income or your 2020 income. Very likely you'll want to use whichever one is lower because that will get you the larger of the benefits. So again, usually you can only look at the past tax year when claiming that benefit this year you can choose whether it's going to be 2019 or 2020 and that should benefit families who faced hardship especially unemployment hardship over this last year Lindsay and here's a question that a lot of people especially those working from home are going to be asking this year can they get a tax break for that home office you know, a lot of people would love that tax break for the home office, especially anyone who invested in something like this thing behind <laughs> me. Well, guess what? Unless unless you are self-employed, you cannot at this point take that benefit. Now, if you are self-employed and you're not an employee of a company, you are able and eligible to deduct from your taxes and make deductions on the space in your home that you are using exclusively for your work. And that applies to things like heating bills and things like that. So if you have a home and you have a corner of that apartment or that house that you make sure is only exclusively for your work and you're self-employed, you can take those deductions. Everything from your phone bill to your utilities to the space itself and what you invest in all of it. And what about people who've moved or are working remotely from a different state than where their office is based? Could that have an impact on state taxes? It really could, and this is what's confusing about it. There are a lot of people, there was a huge amount of movement in the last year, and there are definitely the people, for example, who might be living in one place but working in a completely different place, and you could be either double taxed in both places, or you may owe taxes to one of those two places that you have not paid yet. Here's what you need to do. Either way, unfortunately, this is a little tricky, but the best thing you can do for yourself is talk to your HR department. Many HR departments may manage these things. Sometimes they will even deduct from your taxes along the way the out-of-state taxes that you would be uh, essentially paying because you're working in a place where you are not currently living. The bottom line here though, Lindsay, is make that call to your HR department early as opposed to around April 15th when they will be bombarded with phone calls, especially given what we've seen over the last year. And lastly, for people who are just saying, I need the money now, what is the fastest filing method in order to get that refund? It's all about the E, electronic filing. And the faster, uh, you will get your money much faster if you electronic e-file. The IRS will let you do it for free on their website if you make $72,000 or less. That's at irs.gov. And one more point here, Lindsay, for anybody who filed an unemployment claim last year, there's a lot of Americans, millions of them, who took unemployment benefits. And one thing to look out for are those Form 1099-Gs. Now, we understand that there are at least some people who collected 
those benefits fraudulently. And one thing you might get in the mail that is questionable is a 1099-G form that doesn't look right to you. It might include benefits you didn't receive. Do not worry. What you should do if you didn't receive those benefits is contact immediately your state and local government. Let them know you received this form. You believe it was fraudulent. And when you go to file your taxes, file your taxes as though that uh, those unemployment benefits were not benefits that came to you because they didn't. Lindsay? Rebecca, I feel like you're walking, talking TurboTax. Everybody now thinks you. They can just sign, stamp, and send. We appreciate all your knowledge. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I really appreciate it. While the topic of a pathway to citizenship tends to focus on undocumented immigrants, many visa holders are also paying close attention to what type of change the Biden administration and Democratic majority can bring for them. Our Kaylee Hartung reconnected with one of those visa holders who's been on the front lines of this pandemic. With every shot of the COVID-19 vaccine, someone breathes a sigh of relief. It is like a piece of mind. You, you can kind of think of it like an insurance policy. Dr. Akshat Kamath is one of the millions of healthcare workers in this country who's received both doses. When you were vaccinated, who was more relieved, you or your wife? <laughs> I would have to say my wife. <laughs> Over the last 10 months since Dr. Kamath has fought COVID on the front lines in his Kansas hospital, he and his wife Sumaya have learned how to manage their gut-wrenching reality. We have to do what we have to do. Dr. Kamath first explained his greatest fear to us in July. I get sleepless nights because of thinking hypotheticals. Now, breaks into a hospital running through the halls. Also ahead, a new warning about the product reviews on Amazon and whether you can believe them. Plus, the mystery surrounding the death of a former NFL star at age 38. Now, when it matters most, the straightforward facts. ABC News is America's number one news. Number one in the morning. Number one in the evening. With America's most watched newscast. Number one in late night versus the competition. The number one news magazine on Friday nights. Number one in politics across this historic election versus the competition. The number one daytime talk show. And number one in streaming news. ABC News is America's number one news. Admit it. These days, what you need to know seems to change just about every day. What is it that you really want to know, need to know? To help you not just get through your day, but to make the most of it. Feel smarter. Feel better. Feel happier. Well, how about a third hour of Good Morning America in the afternoon? GMA 3, what you need to know. Lunchtime at 1 Eastern, 12 Central and Pacific on ABC. It's all about you. I know what happened, and I'm not guilty. Why the fascination with criminal trials? Figure out what's really out there. She revealed she had murdered his family. I know in my heart they did this. It's the time of suspicion. The ending's really tough. You don't know whether truth is going to be difficult to find unless you try to find it. is our country can collapse from within. You see the white power movement on the march. You will not replace us! 
Klansmen and neo-Nazis, skinheads, it's meant to incite war. From the KKK to Oklahoma City to Charlottesville, the new documentary event special. We just need to start talking about race. Homegrown hate, the war among us. This is a real wake-up call. Streaming now on ABC News Live. Burning.